Amen. Appreciate that. So follow with me today as we move through this process starting off today. Uh, here, here's the truth. If you do not like the society, if you do not like how the society thinks, how it operates, and if you want to change the society, if you want to change the culture, here's the truth. Here's the easiest way to do that. You get the kids. If you want to change the culture, if you want to change society, you get the kids. And in, in 10 or 15 or maybe 20 years, you can change and, in fact, entirely change an entire culture. I believe that is what we're seeing today as we see things that were once set in stone, things that were once steadfast, as we see those things shifting, I believe that's what's happening in our culture today. Uh, think back in, in the pages of history, uh, the Nazi youth movement, it starts in the 1920s and they poison the minds of these German kids and it leads to radical changes in the 1930s, leads to, to our entering into World War II in the, in the 1940s. Uh, they knew that. If you want to change the culture, uh, change the kids. If you want to change the, the thought of the culture, change the mind of the kids. Let me tell you today, Satan knows that as well. Satan knows if you want to change the culture, and again, I believe this is what we're seeing right now. If you want to change the culture, you've got to get the kids. And I believe that is, that is Satan's plan. And then I believe in doing that, uh, that Satan's biggest ploy, I do not believe, is peer pressure. I know that's a factor. Uh, I do not believe it's movies or, or entertainment or the music they listen to. I know that is a factor. I don't think it's alcohol and drugs. We see the craziness of this, that. I don't think it's uh, sex or pornography, all of those things. I believe his greatest plan to steal our kids today and thus change the culture is in the destruction of the home. That's what I believe. That his greatest ploy, his greatest plan to steal our kids is the destruction of the home. Now, let me tell you what that means. Satan, in his attack on the home, has removed the influence of the dad in the home. He's removed the influence of a father in the home. Now, let me give you some very quick statistics. There's a million of these. Today, over 40% of kids born are born to unmarried people. Most of the time, this is what statistics show, most of the time that dad will largely be absent in the life of those kids. That mother's gonna end up raising those kids. That's our culture today. Not only that, today approximately approaching 40% of all of our kids are raised in a one-parent home. Now, the statistics say the same thing. Largely the dad is gonna be absent in the life of those kids. He may have weekend visitation or Thursday night or some other opportunities, but, but really over the course of their raising, he's gonna be largely absent in the life of his kids. Today, the, the statistics even say this, a good number of the dads who have remained in the home, who stay in the home, they are what is called practically absent, which means in all practicality, uh, they are busy on other priorities. They're doing other things and so their influence with their kids is still not that great. Let me tell you this. All of those things are the plan of Satan. All of those things are the ploy of Satan. Today, overwhelmingly, and I don't think you'll find anybody that will argue this, 
The statistics show, and I'm talking about secular statistics and universities, also religious groups, their statistics as well. Overwhelmingly, the studies show, and the truth is this, get this, the most influential person in the life of a kid is their dad. The world will agree with that. The universities will have to agree with that. The religious studies will have to agree with that. The most influential person in the life of a kid is their dad. And let me tell you, this is a double-edged sword for the negative and also for the positive. You know, the greatest negative influence in a kid's life can be his dad. The greatest positive influence in the life of a kid can also be his dad, their dad. The meaning of that is this. As the dad goes, so goes the kid. As the dad goes, so goes the kid. Study after study shows that self-worth, self-esteem, success in school, success in life, success in other areas such as marriage, those things are largely determined by the influence of the dad, negatively and positively as well. I say all of that, all of that lead in to say this. Listen very carefully. Satan is coming for your kids. Satan is coming for your grandkids. Satan is coming for our kids. And his biggest way is to come for you. It is time for dads, for fathers, maybe for some of us as grandfathers, to stand as biblically led, Christ-honoring dads, influences. It is time for that. Satan is coming for your kids. The way he's going to do that, he's going to try to take out the greatest influence in that home. It is time for us as dads to stand as biblically led, Christ-honoring men. Now, let me, let me show you a couple of examples here. The first example, let me show you uh, the example of Joshua. You know these verses, maybe you've heard them. Uh, listen, listen to Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, not hypocrisy, not tiptoeing, not, not in bullcorn. Serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse 15, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served, which are beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua existed in a world surrounded by false gods. He existed in a world that was surrounded by the temptation and the lure to enter into false worship. The land across the river, the land where we came from, the land where we're at right now, the inhabitants of both of those places, the lure was to fall into false worship. It literally surrounded him. Today, false gods and false worship surrounds us as well. And I'll just tell you, every single where we turn, everywhere we look, just like Joshua today, we are lured to concede just concede. You know what? It's not that big of a deal. We're lured to fit in. You know what? You don't want to stand out. You want to fit in. The greatest thing we teach our kids is to, to blend in, to be normal. The culture says, the pagans around us say, you know what? It's okay to sell out. 
The comfort, the benefit is greater somewhere else. And just like Joshua, a pagan world, a lost world, lures us in, draws us in. 2019, the world, Satan and his system have made right seem wrong and wrong seem right. That's where we're at right now. Not only that, not only is Satan, not only has the world made that seem attractive, but today it's celebrated. It's celebrated to stand up and say, you know what, there's not, there's not a set gender. We're fluid in our gender. You know what, there's not a set definition of marriage. We're fluid in the definition of marriage. It's not only approved, it is celebrated in our world today. We have a choice. Who will we serve? Joshua said, as for me, now I think it's very interesting here, but not only me, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Now what that looks like is this. Joshua is saying here, he is going to lead his house to serve the Lord. He is actually gonna take a stand and he's gonna lead his house to honor the one true living God. We're surrounded by false gods. Joshua says this, you watch me, I'm gonna lead my house to honor God. Now, man, I hear that. That's a pretty cool declaration. We stand up on Father's Day. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That sounds like a pretty great thing to say. That sells a lot of plaques at Mardell's. There's houses everywhere. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Understand this. To lead his home to serve God was not gonna be an easy thing. It was not gonna be a flippant thing. It doesn't just happen by making a big statement. Joshua's actually gonna lead his home to not look like the world. He's gonna lead his home to be opposed to a sorry and rotten world. It wasn't gonna come by just standing there and saying, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Get the heaviness of this. To actually lead your home to serve the Lord is to be counter to the world. I think we've been saying, you know what, you can have a foot in both systems. You know what, you can prosper in both systems. You know what, you can do all right over here as long as you got your church box X'd out over here. And, and the, the truth is to, to lead your home, to serve the Lord, to honor the Lord is gonna be to be counter to the world. Here's what that's gonna take. That's gonna take courage. It's gonna take men of courage. That's gonna take guts. You know what, the world's gonna hate that. Jesus says as they hated him, they're gonna hate you. It's gonna take resolve. You know what, it's not gonna happen by summer. It's not gonna happen by fall. It's gonna be a lifelong process. It's gonna take resolve. Here's what it also takes. It takes a plan. You know what, if Joshua had just ended there and gone off somewhere else, we'd never know how it ends. You know what, he has a plan to lead his home. You know, we could sink into this culture or we could do these things. You know what? Today it takes a plan as well. Today I'm going to tell you very quickly two ways that you're to lead your kids. Let me tell you this. It's not enough to make the declaration. It's not enough to have great intentions. These are two ways that you're to lead your kids. Now, I watch today and the world says, and like I said, a whole lot of dads have gone absent, but for those who remain the world says, you know what, teach your kids integrity. That's what a grown man would do. Teach your kids a, a work ethic. Make them producers. That's, that's what a man would do. 
Teach your kids to throw a ball. That's, that's what we're going to celebrate these days. Teach your kids some form of character. I want to tell you this. Listen very carefully. There's really only two primary directions that you lead your kids. And the rest of those things will take care of themselves. You know what? There's only two directions that you're to lead your kids and then integrity will take care of itself. Work ethic will take care of itself. There's only two primary directions that we're to lead our kids. Here they are. The first one is this. Listen very carefully. You are to lead your kids to the truth. You're to lead your kids to the truth. Now, the book of John, the apostle John says, the truth is the word of God. Listen very carefully. Men, you are to be the primary teacher of God's word to your kids. I don't know if we've ever said that very loudly. You are to be the primary teacher of God's word to your kids, not your wife, not your church, not a pastor, not a teacher somewhere. You are to be the main person in the life of your kids that, that come along and say, you know what? This is the word of God. This is what we believe. This is how we're gonna study the word of God. This is how we know the word of God. This is what it means to us. This is what it looks like to actually live it out. You're to be the primary person that brings them to the word of God. Their only hope, and I, I look at the last two weeks in just this town. Their only hope in a world of non-truth. You see, you see, the non-truth produces hopelessness. The non-truth produces despair. The non-truth might produce comfort for a little while, but there's no everlasting peace in it. The only hope in a world of non-truth, of garbage truth, is that they would possess the truth. The only way your kids are ever going to stand is that they possess the truth. The only way your kids are going to stand is that they possess the truth. Men, your primary job is to lead your kids to the truth. How sad that we trust that to somebody else. Last week we were talking about our wives and we, and we came across this thought and it stands here too. You know what? You can't lead where you haven't been. You, these are big words, but you can't lead where you haven't been. You know what that means? You have to know the word of God. You have to love the word of God. You have to spend time reading the word of God. You have to be in the church where they're going to preach the word of God. You cannot lead. Oh, kid, know the truth. You cannot lead where you, do, where you have not gone. Listen to this. It's the Old Testament teaching. It stands for us today. Deuteronomy chapter 6 Verses 5 through 9, it says the same thing in 2 in, in Kings. It says the same thing in Deuteronomy chapter 11. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Look, that's total. That's total. That's not halfway. These words which I'm commanding you today, the word of God, the word of God which I'm commanding to you today shall be on your heart. You shall, listen to this, you shall teach them diligently not passively. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be on your frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and they shall be on your gates. Another place it says, and you shall teach them to your sons and to your sons' sons after that. It is an all-consuming effort. 
You know what I'm supposed to do at my kitchen table? I'm supposed to talk about the Word of God. You know what I'm supposed to do at the, kid, the foot of my kid's bed? I'm supposed to teach them about the Word of God. When we're driving in the car, I ought to be talking and teaching to them about the Word of God. Our kids, I'm not, I'm not, I can't say this heavy enough. Our kids will be destroyed. And I don't care if you're a deacon. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care what your reputation is. Our kids will be destroyed. Our kids are being destroyed for a lack of the truth. We are to lead them to the truth. We can't neglect that. We can't miss that. The, 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 the primary two places you lead your kids, the first one is to the truth. You lead your kids to the truth. The second direction that we have to lead our kids is this. We must lead them to Jesus. We must lead our kids to Jesus. That sounds like something a religious person would say. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Hear me very closely today. The greatest fruit of your life, the greatest thing that you could ever accomplish in your life is to have led your kids to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. I don't care what the rest of the world does. I don't care what the rest of the world applauds. The greatest accomplishment that you can do, that you can, that you can stack up in your life, is to have led your own kids to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you the flip side of that. I've said it a whole bunch of times. If you accomplish everything else in your life that you set out to do, if you earn all the money, if you build the great business, if you have all the fun, if you have the boat and all the stuff, if you accomplish everything else in your life, but you fail to lead your kids to Jesus Christ, you have failed most miserably. Can you imagine reaching heaven and meeting our Savior Jesus Christ and thinking, you know what, I did pretty well in this life and I've got all these things stacked up and my little son didn't make it, my little son didn't hear the truth, my daughter didn't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. All the things you could do will have been for naught if your kids miss Jesus Christ. Dad, no person has as great as an influence. This is what the studies say. No person has as great of an opportunity to teach your kids about sin, to teach your kids the, the shame of sin, not laugh it off, to teach your kids the, the consequence for sin that always brings destruction and death. No person has as great an influence to teach your kids about the sorrow over sin, the repentance that comes from that sorrow. No person has as great as an influence to teach them about a Savior who is born of a virgin who does not ever sin, who goes to a cross, who pays the cost for their sin, that rises from the dead and stands as the Savior offering forgiveness and redemption. No person has as much influence to lead your kids to Christ as do you. We can't miss that. I want to just tell you, we can't trust that to somebody else. I'm not trusting that to somebody else. I'm not going to hope that a Sunday school teacher somewhere gets that done. We can't trust that to somewhere else. We must lead our kids to Jesus. I can tell you this, as sure as I stand here, I have failed, I have sinned, I have messed up. But as sure as I stand here, my greatest joys have been to watch the kids that God blessed me with. And I'll just tell you, my kids are awesome. My kids are beautiful. I, I can't imagine if I, having any other kids and the kids he's blessed me with, 
the greatest joy of my life has been to watch them grow and learn and grow and learn and one day understand sin and grow and learn and one day for their little eyes and their little hearts to see the Savior for sin, Jesus Christ, and put their faith in my Lord. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Man, it's not a, it's not a big declaration. It's not big words. Here's the deal. Lead your kids to the truth. Lead your kids to Jesus Christ. Here's the deal. Wherever you're at today, you know what? It can start right now. Man, I've messed it up. I've gone too far. I haven't been that dad. Listen, it can start right now. I don't care if you're a granddad. I don't care if you're somebody's uncle. I don't care your age. I don't care if you're a new dad or if you're a dad of high school kids. It can start right now. The greatest influence is still you. Draw a line. Lead your kids to the truth. Lead your kids to Jesus Christ. It starts with you. God will bless it. God will use it. He'll be honored in it. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I, we come, and, and I see the culture. I see the kids that are hurting. I see the kids that have the absence of peace. I see the kids that are being led that their, their, their reward's gonna be in something else. I see kids that are going 100 different directions and I see kids that are empty and I see kids that are hollow and I see kids that are suffering pain that they were never supposed to suffer. I see kids that are suffering the consequence of a whole bunch of dads that went missing. Lord, forgive us for that. Lord, show them grace on our part, show them grace where we have failed. Show them grace, Lord. Put an influence in their life. Help those kids. I know it's your desire that none should perish. I know that you offer peace to them. But then, Lord, I pray that in the seeing of that, in the hearing of your truth, that the 50-something men, Lord, that are here today, that we would understand our primary job is to lead our homes to the truth and to lead our kids to Jesus Christ. Lord, empower us for that. Lord, help us set our priorities for that. Lord, help our language and our responses, our actions point to that. And Lord, help us actually lead our kids to the truth of God's word and to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Forgive us for failures. Forgive us for wasted time. But now, Lord, let us leave this place with the mindset, I have two jobs, and I'm gonna fulfill those jobs in the power of a, of a holy God. Help us lead our kids to the truth Lead our kids to Jesus Christ. And then I can't preach all of that and not tell you, Lord, I'm thankful for new starts. I'm thankful for forgiveness. I'm thankful for grace. I'm thankful for hope that stands in a giant mess. And I praise the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ. In your name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.